YBF Politics. This is the YBF Podcast, YBF Politics Vertical. So that means we have a very special guest, like super, 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 super special guest today. And she's going to be giving us some firsthand um, insight into what is really going down with this current election season as we wind down but kind of wind up in a way too but she is the senior advisor for the biden harris campaign and you have seen her on your tvs you have seen her doing what she needed to do in minty ways to defend certain people and to also just hold it down as a black woman in this political atmosphere in general so please welcome to ibf politics miss simone sanders Greetings. Thank you for having me today. Of course. Oh my gosh. What is life? Like it is October I mean, something, child. What is going on? <laughs> we are, I mean, at the point where we're having this conversation, we are 20 days from election day. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, I have been on this campaign trail for more than 500 days. It's okay? too many days. So many days. I never, <laughs> I mean, it just feels like this year has gone so quickly and we are almost to November 3rd and yeah. I'm excited. And I want people to understand, November 3rd is not just election day. Like, election day is now. November 3rd oh, yes. is election deadline. That's what we should start calling it, okay? So get y'all votes in right now, all right? Okay, so when I start saying this, I'm going to have to cite you as the original source because I love that. <laughs> election day deadline. is really election deadline. Yes, yes okay? Absolutely. That's the truth. Listen, all right. So we have had... Can I just get something out of the way? Did you yes. see Michael B. Jordan's post to get people, his thirst trap to get people to vote? Um, I have missed the thirst trap. Do I need to check the gram? I think you need to check it before I ask this question because what we Let need to do is- check the gram really We need to quick. make sure that every Biden surrogate or supporter <laughs> who is out stumping for Joe Biden needs to take a page out of MJB, M- MBJ's book. <laughs> and also, give us a political thirst trap, okay? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to vote early. Oh, my goodness. So, shout out to Michael B. Jordan for encouraging the people <laughs> to vote early. Um, Michael B. Jordan actually just did one of our grassroots fundraisers with President Obama and Senator Kamala oh. Harris. And we are just so grateful for him. And this is hilarious, okay? So, Listen, vote, it, y'all. Vote early. early who can and who was able to do the same, just saying. All right, so, <laughs> so I wanted to talk to you about some things that are just like, to me, I'm tired of seeing them. I'm tired of seeing the rhetoric about certain things around the Biden-Harris campaign. And I wanted you, of all people, like I feel like it has to come from you to kind of speak to what we're hearing and the, the crazy talk and the alleged Black Trump supporters, but you know, whatever. Um, and just the things that I'm hearing to kind of push people away from looking at the Biden-Harris platform and for actually being like, hey, this is something that we need right now. So mm-hmm. generally speaking, um, there was an op-ed on Blavity today um, written by Terrence Woodbury, and it's called Trump's strategy to win over Black men is working. Here's how Democrats need to fight back. It just, it's, it's almost like if you were looking at Reddit and it's like the whole tap, like, like handbook and guide on what to say about this, this election season. And it's sad to me that it's now being put on more valid platforms and people are actually speaking to it. But I want you to speak again or just speak what, what you feel about this and what you want to tell people um, in response to this particular quote. <sighs> But why, 
Yeah, okay. That's when I realized, <laughs> I know it's just too much. That's when I realized he was speaking to his base and he's talking about um, Trump. Let me just start over. Too many, to many onlookers, the 11 million ostentatious ad buy uh, didn't, didn't fit into any coherent campaign strategy. They said it was Trump being Trump, but why would he choose one of the most watched television programs of the year with over 100 million viewers to tout criminal justice rather than his go-to America's First message? And he was talking about um, the person who he helped pardon, that helped Kim Kardashian helped pardon, get out of jail. So he said, that's when I realized he wasn't speaking to his base. He was speaking to one of the top issue priorities of a specific demographic. This was a targeted and intentional move to reach out to black voters, particularly black men. This ad is evidence that black men are not a marginal part of Trump's electoral strategy, but his path to victory. So what he's saying is that, and Roland Martin also posted this on Twitter, that the Biden-Harris campaign needs to cater more to Black <laughs> men, and things are not being catered to the Black demographic like they should, especially not Black men. Let me call my nerves because it just boils my blood to even read it. So you, please tell us what message you want to speak to that. So I haven't read the op-ed. I do know Terrence Woodbury. I consider him a friend. And I haven't read the op-ed, um, but let me tell you this. You know, I uh, can attest to the fact that, first and foremost, Joe Biden is taking, has never taken, and will not take any vote for granted. We know that Black Americans are key to Joe Biden's campaign and will be a key part of all that Joe Biden does for justice and equity from the White House uh, if he is elected president. You know, to be clear, Black voters are key to how Joe Biden got to this point. Right. And I'm not just talking about the Democratic primary because if Vice President Biden were sitting here right now, he'd tell you that, you know, the African-American community brought me to the dance, as he likes to say. Right. So there is not a scenario from his perspective where he would ever take the community for granted. I mean, when he first ran for office as a 29-year-old kid from Scranton that served, ended up serving in the Senate, um, representing Delaware when President Obama and Joe Biden fought to end the last Great Recession in 2008 and carry our recovery forward in 2012. And you know what? When things looked kind of bleak this past primary season, okay, because I was there, it was Black Americans who determined the outcome. So Joe Biden will never forget that. And this fall, we plan on rallying every single person we know to get out and vote and do it again. And so for anyone who's wondering, Black voters are our top strategic priority for us. And Black voters, that means young Black people that are young Black men, young Black women, uh, older Black folks, uh, not so older Black folks. I mean, I don't understand how people say that we are taking um, African-American men for granted when uh, from the onset of this general election, and I would even argue on the onset from the primary, but definitely in the general election, when we had to lay out what we thought our path to 270 electoral votes was, um, when we put together our presentation and we had our little fancy PowerPoint, yeah. we identified a category of voters that we were calling the disaffected. And these were voters that had become more and that had, you know, soured a bit on the Democratic mm -hmm. Party over the last couple, couple of electoral cycles. And we specifically named folks in that category. There, we named Black men and Latino men in that category. We launched a Shop Talk series yes. where not just our staff, but the principals of our campaign, Senator Harris included, are having conversations with Black men about the the things that they care most about and answering their questions. 
Senator Harris kicked off our Shop Talk series in Detroit, in person at a barbershop. Right. You know, so we have made substantial investments in our in the African American community and turnout. In you know, folks often say Democrats wait too long to show up in communities and to start talking to Black voters. Mm -hmm. Well, we launched an African American specific paid media program on Juneteenth. That's earlier than any camp, any Democratic campaign in history for president has launched. You know, we put out a plan for Black America in May of the general election. Usually, people put these plans out in the primary, and then they make a general election pivot, okay, right. to talk to other voters. Black voters, young Black people, Black men and Black women are key to our electoral strategy. And right. we have made that a cornerstone of what we have done in this campaign. But you know what? We are not about telling people about what we're doing. We're about actively right. showing up and showing the right. American people, showing the African-American community, showing people of color across this country um, how, how deep our commitment is to these issues. So that that's me. what I have to say about that. Love it. And that brings me to something that I wanted to know what Joe Biden would do on day one in office when it comes to action. Um, of course, this COVID-19 pandemic has hit American small businesses very hard. And we all know that most small businesses now are being started by Black women. Um, that's just one of the fastest rates of growing small business owners are Black women. Um, so obviously, we've all had, I'm a small business owner, I get it. We've all had some issues. Um, the the PPP program, Paychecks Protection Program, mm -hmm. um, closed out August 8th, so that was a while ago, and more than $525 billion was distributed to about 5.1 million small businesses. But now we're in October. That was for two and a half months. So now we're in October, now what do we do? So what would Biden do day one for these business owners if he's elected and when it comes to monetary relief and you know, airlines and Wall Street and everybody done got their money, but small businesses, especially black small business owners, what are we going to get? I mean, look, this is critical in our opinion. First and foremost, let's just be clear. When the PPP program funds were administered, African-American small business owners did not get the majority of those funds. They were locked out of access to many of those funds. And so we got to talk about equity here. But let's just be clear, because um, the truth is long before COVID-19, millions of folks were already locked out of, a, out of an economy that rewards work over wealth and helps too few people um, put money in their pocket to put food on the table to feed their family. And specifically, when we're talking about Black people, when we're talking about women, okay, there are folks, these communities, along with the Asian American community, the Native American community, the Latino community, these folks have never, we've never had a full seat at the table economically. And we believe that the task before us is huge, but it is something that we can do. It is a, it is, it is a task, but we are more than ready to tackle. Uh, and specifically, Joe Biden is going to do everything he can to ensure that when we are talking about building back better, as we like to say, yeah. that this economic recovery um, has a racial equity uh, lens to it, that it yes. is anchored in ensuring that this, that this recovery is meeting people in every community, especially the Black community. So specifically for small businesses, we're going to expand um, a current, so there's a currently uh, a program under, well, it was under the Obama-Biden administration that 
really was targeted on small businesses. And right. so Joe Biden, as president, is going to launch a new small business opportunity initiative. Let me tell y'all how it works, okay? Because people are like, what does that mean? Please do. The federal government invests in small businesses owned by people of color, Black mm -hmm. businesses, Latino businesses. So that seed investment draws private investments too under mm -hmm. this program, helping the businesses grow. In the Obama-Biden administration, let's just say for each $1 that was invested, that drew $5 from the private sector. So under this program, that means that it could draw about $150 billion, with a B, mm -hmm. dollars to small businesses owned by people of color. And so in addition to this program, Joe Biden's going to um, fight to invest in Black communities. We are going to triple funding for Title I schools to close the gap between rich and poor districts. We're going to boost Black home ownership um, by, uh, with a $15,000 advanceable tax credit. We're going to ensure that HBCUs, first of all, Joe Biden's going to give $70 billion to HBCUs, mm -hmm. but we're going to ensure that these HBCUs can be incubators for these new this, this technology and research for these new job markets and that we are we are partnering with we're using public-private partnerships right. that we're that we're investing in entrepreneurs black entrepreneurs and we're not making folks wait they can do this on their campuses so he has a whole plan about this it's all under his racial equity section he's you know uh the other day actually senator harris just did an interview um, on with Ricky Smiley, and she did one where D, with D.L. Hughley, where she talked extensively about this issue. Like Vice President Biden did some radio interviews yesterday where he was talking about this. And so I encourage folks to take a look at our plans. I'm going to go to JoeBiden.com, click on the vision section, and scroll through our racial equity plan. We are very specific about what we are going to do for people of color in this country and Black people specifically. Most people honestly have not even done that. They just want to complain. I've come to this conclusion. They just want to complain. It's right well, there I mean, on Joe Biden. You know, people, I know everybody's busy. And I know <laughs> that there's so much happening. You know, I'm going to give yeah. the people the benefit of the doubt. There's so much happening out there in the world, right? You know, we are being inundated with these messages. But at the end of the day, we have to do our research. Because I have heard a lot about what people think Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are for, right? I've heard that people want to know, well, we don't have a plan for black businesses. We've got a whole plan for black businesses okay. about increasing capital, about capitalizing. And for people who are in the, the venture capitalist community and the equity and the fund community, you know what I'm talking about. We talk about capitalizing black banks to be able to, so that we are, we're not, we don't have to go to the Wells Fargo's and the Bank of America's, that people can go to black banks in their communities to get the capital that they need for their businesses. Like this is very specific in Joe Biden's plan. We're talking about taking a look at the credit reporting system, okay? Because we know Which that is credit racist. is important. I yes. mean, come on now, the system is not set up to be equitable. Right. And so Joe Biden is going to revisit that, to open it up, to ensure that things like, how about your rent yeah. are counting for credit. And so what I am urging people to do is to do your research, to check, because what, what Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have laid out in terms of their policies, y'all can view these as commitments because that's what they are. This is the commitment that they have made to the community about what they are going to do 
if you elect them president and vice president of the United States of America. And we want you to hold us accountable. But to be clear, okay, we can't talk about, you know, how we're going to operationalize this plan for black businesses, how we're going to ensure that we're increasing wealth in the black community. You know, we can't talk about, you know, dig down deep on Joe Biden's plans in terms of, okay, well, what specifically, how are we going to move this piece in, the, in this agency if he's not elected president? Right. And so I just think people really need to, we got to ask ourselves, like, if, do we want to turn the corner? Do we really want the opportunity to create a more equitable community? Do we want leadership that we can hold accountable? Because Donald Trump and Mike Pence have indicated they are not accountable to anyone. So I don't care how many ads they run about Black people on the news or in football games or basketball games. I don't care how many fancy, fancy words that Donald Trump uses. I don't care if he, he I, don't, I don't care what kind of rhetoric he puts out there. What? He has a record, a four-year record, and his record has demonstrated that he doesn't have a plan for right. the Black community. And status quo is perfectly fine for him. And status quo is fine. Y'all, this virus is disproportionately killing Black and Latino people in this country. Donald mm -hmm. Trump doesn't have a plan to fix it. Mm -mm. We've been living through this virus in the, in the midst of this pandemic for more than eight months. Mm -hmm. And so I am very fired up about this because this election is life or death. And I have the privilege of working for two people, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, who understand it, who get it, who know that they don't know it all, but they are committed to doing everything they can to make life better for people across this country. And they understand that the system has not been set up equitably. They understand that Black people and Latino people in this country are still at a disadvantage because the system wasn't set up for us. But they are committed to doing something about it. And for me, I think that says a lot. Right. And you mentioned HBCU. So I know that there was a plan stated that HBCU students would have a loan repayment program. Yes, yes, okay. yes. A loan repayment can we, program. Can we discuss this? Because everybody didn't go to an HBCU. Well, Some of us went to PWI. I went to PWI. Okay. I went to PWI. I'm with you. I am with you. Let me tell you something. So first and foremost, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are going to invest $70 billion in our historically black colleges and universities and minority serving institutions because they know that when our HBCUs are strong, are strong and they thrive, that our communities are strong and they thrive. You know, Kamala Harris is an HBCU graduate, but right. they are also aware that everybody like us, we did not go to HBCUs. So what are we doing for the students that didn't go to HBCUs? Well, to be clear, under Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, under a Biden-Harris administration, if you attend a public college and university and your family makes less than $125,000, you will be able to go to that school for free. Let me repeat that, okay? Tuition free. If your family makes less than $125,000, and you attend a public college or university under a Biden-Harris administration, you will go to school tuition-free. Now, what about folks like us that have already gone to school <laughs> and the people knocking on our doors every, yes. uh, every month, knocking yes. on that email every asking month. Asking for money. Come on now, asking for the money, but also, you know, the people out here like, oh, do you have that loan payment? Okay, where's yes. the loan repayment? We're going to do something on the back end. So okay. for folks that make less than $125,000 a year, um, we are going to forgive that loan forgiveness for the same amount. Right now, under COVID, though, we have a proposal, and, and Senator Elizabeth Warren uh, has championed this in, in the Senate already, 
that we're going to forgive $10,000 off the bat for student loan debt due to COVID, period, point blank, period, everybody, 10th cat, okay? We have a very robust student loan forgiveness program, specifically for people to go into the public service um, sector. So ensuring that after you've worked in the public service sector, and you've been in this program for 10 years, guess what? Boom, you don't need to, you do not have to pay any more of these loans. That's all I need there, to hear. There is, a key, <laughs> there is a good program in place if we elect Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. And so um, we're also gonna triple Pell Grant funds because you know, I remember the Pell Grants, okay? Because right. my, I didn't qualify for a plus loan right. for my parents. Right. So I could get a little extra Pell Grant money, but more Pell Grant money will help all these young people who are about to go into school, but also folks who are in there right now who need a little relief. So what we're trying to do is make it more accessible for people to attain a good quality education anywhere they want in this country. Um, and so that they don't have to go into debt doing it. Right. All right. And I know we have to close, but I do want to end about voting. Um, right now, there are plenty of voter suppression situations going on in places like Virginia, Georgia, Texas. They have one freaking place to drop off your dog on ballot in Houston, Texas, one of the largest cities with urban, I want to say diverse urban culture in this entire country. Um, what, even though federal judges are striking these things down, it's still happening. Why is that? And what do we need to do now? Well, I'm going to echo something Senator Harris always says here. The question we have to ask ourselves is why are they trying to make it harder for us to vote? Why don't they want us to vote? And the answer, she says, is because they know when we vote, things change. Mm -hmm. When we vote, they might lose their jobs. When we vote, real communities are affected in a positive way. So I'll tell you, voter suppression is the thing that actually keeps me up at night. You know, the rampant efforts of folks to keep Black people, Latino folks, older Americans, young people from being able to cast their ballots, Native American communities. In some places, you know, you can use a gun license to vote, not a student ID. That's, that's insane. But so, and that is frankly voter suppression. Voter suppression is also when the president of the United States continuously speaks words out of his mouth to undermine the, the faith in this election process. That is a form of voter suppression. But let me tell you why I'm hopeful, okay? I'm hopeful because right. as we speak, more than 12 million people have gone to the polls, either by voting by mail or early voting. Early voting has started all across the country in places. I was just talking to some people in Florida today. Early vote there starts on the 19th. I was in Michigan last week, early, vo early voting is, is underway all across right. the country. And people are making their voices heard, even in the face of rampant voter suppression in the midst of a pandemic, because they know that who the president is matters and they know that their voice at the ballot box can do something about this. So I'm just encouraging everybody, if you have not made your plan to vote, do it right now. Make your plan to vote and make your plan to vote early. I like to say we're either going to mask it up or we're going to mail it in this election cycle. Okay, so we're either masking it up and we are taking our, you know, ballot our, our, and we're going to um, drop it in the drop box. Okay, because I have a mail-in ballot that I need to take to the drop box today. Yes. Or I'm gonna <laughs> go vote early or we are going to mail it in and we are going to fill out our ballot we're going to sign it seal it if it needs to be sealed and get it back in the mail in a timely fashion but 
we have the power. I know it may not feel like this for so many people across the country, but to be clear, we have the power. The people's voices are what can change this country. And they are scared of that. Donald Trump is very scared of this. This is why he keeps trying to underline faith in the election process. But mm -hmm. I can tell you, I am hopeful. I am excited. And I just want folks to go out there and vote. Please do. do Michael B. Jordan said so. So do it. Right? <laughs> Thank you so much, Simone. We needed this. Thank you for speaking truth to power and speaking truth to the foolery that is occurring out here. All right? Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. I will be back. All right. Thank you, Simone. Thank you guys right. for watching. Thank Bye -bye. you guys. See you later. <laughs>